Cinephiles Digest, the hottest film podcast on the internet. This is your host, Matt, and this is episode 89. And on this week's show, we're going to be reviewing the new film from Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. Just hit Hulu about a week or two ago. It's still in theaters, I believe. It's going to be great. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts, Tom. How is it going, my dude? Good. I'm eating kanji. I hope you can't hear. Uh, I don't even know what the fuck that is. What's kanji? It's like a rice porridge kind of breakfast. Well, I mean, you can have it anytime. <laughs> Usually people throw a little egg in there, a little spicy sauce, a little, uh, you know, green onion, some greens. A rice porridge. Did you become an orphan and did not tell us or something? Or? <laughs> it's a very hearty, healthy, soothing, and warm breakfast that probably originated in like you know uh korea yeah well thanks for uh letting me know about kanji i'll have to next time i'm at the uh the food kitchen i'll have to ask if they've got kanji (laughs) (laughs) and uh travis what's going on man not much just made some coffee and Mm -hmm. uh I think you guys have heard of that drink before. I have. I am familiar with that. Yeah. <laughs> Another gift from uh, from uh, Korea, right? Yeah, that's that's the origins of coffee, I believe. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Um, so before we uh, get into our review, uh, what's been going on? Any news? Anything to report? How's it been going? I don't know about any news, but uh, I did go to Utah for a little vacation. Yeah, I saw. That's a beautiful place, it seems. Oh, yeah. Yep, Logan, Utah. It's uh, very north of Utah, or north Utah. Northern Utah. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's just like a little college town, but it is beautiful, and it was uh, very cold as well. Uh, lots of snow, which was pretty to look at and fun to play in but it was very cold i bet what's what school is in logan uh utah state the aggies mm-hmm. is that Such short weird. for something or aggies agriculture agros oh ugh, barf <laughs> it's like the same yeah. as um texas uh are, are, is it texas tech that's the aggies you're asking the wrong I person they were, the Raiders. Oh, um, I don't know. But I'm one, not of the te- sure. one of the big Texas universities is the Aggies. They have Texas they have A&M. Mascots, though. Uh, Texas A&M is the Aggies. Utah University are called the Utes. The mm-hmm. Utah Utes and the, the U- Utah State is Aggies. That a, is that yeah, short for the Utah Utahs? They just uh, shortened to the Utes. <laughs> <laughs> My high school couldn't was, think of any. Um, Oakland High School, Oakland, Oregon. And we were the Oakland Oakers, and our mascot was an acorn. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. 
Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys so, know what my school's mascot was? Have I told you before? Uh, I don't think so. Gosh, what what high school did you go to? Blaine High School. Mm, Blaine. <laughs> um. Gosh, the the Bears. I wish. Uh, we so Blaine is a border town for those who aren't familiar, and thus we were the Blaine Borderites. <laughs> <laughs> wow yep <laughs> we didn't that have a an actual mascot like as in like a, a costume but yeah just a drawing of a line it's, <laughs> it's just <laughs> the 49th divide or parallel or whatever they just call a the river Canadian border <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yeah we didn't have uh an actual like I think the logo for our school is just like a B or something but we had sick colors it was uh uh orange and black. So Halloween mm-hmm. colors. Oh, that is pretty cool. And when I was in high school, we had like a petition to like, you know, it was like student council, like, let's vote on a potential name change. And the winner was the Bengals, which makes perfect sense. Don't even have mm-hmm. to change the colors. You keep the alliteration, the Blaine Bangle, uh, Bengals. Um, I don't know what happened with that, but it's still the Blaine Border Rights. So. School board. <laughs> it's like, tradition. We don't want to yeah. change the paperwork. <laughs> I was a border right, and so was my father before me. <laughs> well, my great-grandpappy settled this town in 1889. He wasn't much of a thinker, but <laughs> by God, he did name us the border rights. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, anyway. Are we done with school mascots? The work's getting started, dude. This is the episode now. <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty fun. Uh Visited Chelsea's brother, um, did some sledding. Uh, the main attraction was food and drink, except uh, the alcohol alcohol laws there are stupid. Yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar, but... Uh, I'm vaguely uh, familiar. Archaic. Pretty restrictive. Well, they did recently change them, so now instead of 4% beer, you can have 5% beer. Whoa. But the rules are, as I understand them, is you can't serve beer on draft that's higher than 5%. Um, and then you can't sell beer at like grocery stores and gas stations over 5%. But you can sell beer in cans and bottles over 5% at liquor stores and at like bars and restaurants and breweries. Yeah. But I went to breweries and I couldn't get any thing above five percent on draft so if i wanted something above five percent i had to order a can of theirs which just seems so ass backwards <laughs> it's it's silly <laughs> i think that's why they changed the laws though is because breweries were like basically <clears throat> unable to to do shit because the laws are so draconian mm-hmm. yeah so a little well, you know, less draconian epic draconian brewing, that's the word i was looking for yeah epic brewing's a pretty popular brewery uh mm-hmm. and they started in Utah, and then they actually moved to Colorado, and now they just have a tap room in Utah. (laughs) (laughs) State's losing all that business. They're like, damn it, we should have been getting those taxes. Hmm. Well, cool. Sounds like it was a fun trip. Yep. Very nice. And you guys ever try to, you know what blew my mind was trying to buy alcohol in Canada, which also has been brutal. Yeah, like buying it at a restaurant isn't, you know, normal, what you would expect to pay at a restaurant. But I went and I bought a six pack of like, you know, like Budweiser or something. You had to go to a special store. You had to go to a liquor store for it. And it was like 20 bucks. 
Oh, that's because it's oh, domestic beers are cheap. You can get like Molson for super cheap, but yeah, it's because oh, really? they it's because they tax the shit out of uh, uh, imported beers. Oh well, I just didn't know what to look for. I guess Molson. That's that's it. Molson, great. <laughs> Should have known. The official beer of Canada. <laughs> um, cool. What about you, Tom? Anything new? What you been up to? Mm, uh, nothing new really. Um. But, uh, you know, it is NBA All-Star Weekend. Oh, Got a couple shit. things going on today that I probably won't watch. But Blazers are represented, so that's all that matters. Represented because Lillard is on the All-Star team, or is that it? Yeah, and uh, Robert Covington is in the Skills Challenge, which I'm pretty sure no one cares about. And then Anthony <laughs> Simons is in the Dunk Competition. So... We have I've never uh, heard of the skills challenge. Is that a newer thing? Yeah, I mean, not that new. Probably like. Oh. Actually, I don't know. Not like uh, the Jordan. I feel era. like it. I feel like it came <laughs> around like ten years ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like dribble in between some cones, pass a ball through a rubber tire at a certain distance, shit like that. That sounds um, lame. Sounds lame. <laughs> Yeah, Sounds it is like, like a, f- a fan fest event or something. They put a lot of like rookies <laughs> yeah. in there. It, it's like I don't even know how they choose who goes in there. They pick just like random players, like Robert Robert Covington. I don't know why he's in there, but he is. Maybe um, it's a lottery. <laughs> I think they, they get just all the sort of worst ball handlers to do that. <laughs> that <laughs> they do sometimes put a center in there who's like kind of good. You know, they'll they'll put one in just to see if he can hang with the guards. <laughs> Uh, which is fun, but, uh, yeah, so we have Derek Jones Jr. on the team who was the dunk champion from last year, and then he's not competing again because what's he got to prove, and, uh, Anthony Simons, another blazer, is coming in there, so if he were to mm-hmm. win, we would have two dunk champions on the team, which would be kind of cool. Uh, I guess. That'll sure. get you far. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. It's fun. Sorry. I'm not Tom. saying it's going to win us games. I mean, they uh, hardly ever get to actually, you know, uh, fucking go all out on the rim. I've just never, I've just never really understood the appeal of the dunk competition because I don't think a dunk is cool unless you're like jumping over somebody like balls and dick in a dude's face, just like <laughs> pouncing on them and breaking the glass on the, you know, like I just don't. If there's no stakes, I just yeah don't care. I, I mean, I tend to agree. I think there are only you know a handful of players that are actually um, like incredible enough to get a certain level of enjoyment out of, like <laughs> you know? creative and like talented enough to actually, or do just something like cool. they look insane when they're in the air because they're maybe they're not super super tall but they go up super high or even if they are tall they can just they can just do insane things with their with the ball before they dunk it like Aaron Gordon he looked he went up and he looked like he was sitting in a chair and he passed the ball underneath both of his legs to his other hand and then and then uh did a one-handed dunk like reverse dunk <laughs> and it looked insane it looked awesome but then he went and jumped over a car and everybody went crazy for it and i'm like who the fuck cares about the car you know like that other thing he did was way more interesting you i know, don't know like jumping over a car sounds pretty cool to me was it a moving yeah, I mean, car it... <laughs> no oh. it was like a parked kia oh <laughs> yeah 
less interesting. Sounds like the NBA is doing some uh, some cool shit these days. <laughs> it's just a lot of props. Yeah. Cool. All right. That was the NBA uh, Power Hour. Um, anything else uh, before we do our Nomadland review? Anything new with you, Matt? Oh, right. Um, <laughs> no. No. All right. Just, um, you know, taking oh. it one day at a time, you know? Matt. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. am just going to mention this because I think it will make you happy. I, I started um, Breath of the Wild again last night. Ooh. Dude, I had forgotten you even bought a Switch. <laughs> yeah, because I never play it. <laughs> well, like, you, ever. you bought it mainly for like travel, right? And then COVID happened yes. and then yes. now you don't go anywhere. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Very cool. Um, it is very hard to play that game. Um, just because I have a Switch Lite, so I only have the little oh. dinky controls. Yeah, uh, and that's annoying. I gotta say, but hope, I'm hoping after like ten hours, I will get used to it. You get used to it. I mean, it's not ideal, but it's really not that bad. Like you just have to get used to the way the game plays, and then playing it on the the handheld is is not that bad. But that's cool. That's uh, one of the best games ever made. So I yeah. hope you uh, can stick with it this time. You know, I hope it grabs you in the same way it grabbed uh, me. Yeah, me too. <sighs> nice, nice, nice. All Matt, right. Did you fall off hard from uh, Cyberpunk? Just one day, you just quit playing it. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I just didn't want to. Uh, <laughs> that game is oh broken God. as fuck. Like all of the stuff surrounding. <laughs> just all the stuff surrounding its release and how buggy it is and they've been putting out patches and then some they like introduced new game breaking bugs in the patches and then their oh, shit got the hacked like the studio got hacked and like the the studio's uh, employees personal information got compromised wow. so they like had to postpone the next update and it's just Man. that game's a shit show so what a release <laughs> <laughs> i'm just waiting until summer probably i was really enjoying what i played of it but yeah i was having fun with it too i don't know why i stopped playing it but i haven't really had a reason or need to go back to go back yeah, yeah. i'll probably at this point i'll probably just start it over again whenever whenever i circle back gotta be a chick this time yeah it's gonna be huge um yeah that's that's about it I've uh, been playing a shitload of Warzone. That's that's really all that's been uh, going on with me. So yeah, I got my first update. win. Your first win. Oh, mm-hmm. very nice. You've been playing a lot lately, or just dabbling? Kind of. <clears throat> yeah, a couple times a week usually. Tom's I feel giving like up I'm on Apex. It's just too hard for him. Good. It is too hard. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm really excited about the next update. But um, I uh, yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with Warzone feel like there's a lot of bad players that i just destroy in that game but getting the win is still pretty hard it's uh it's difficult i i was just checking my stats like the other day and i have like 12 all-time warzone wins so not very much i normally (laughs) play in duos too with with zach and i feel like duos is super sweaty that's basically all i play because i play with trey and nobody else wants to play with us so we basically just play duos and yeah it is super sweet. Dude, we got to combine powers. You and Zach, me and Trey. It's just the time differences. It's you guys probably play at night, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like eight or nine we start. Yeah. yeah. I'm asleep <laughs> in bed. <laughs> yeah. Count sheep. Cool. All right. Let's uh, let's get this train back on the tracks here. Let's, let's get into our review. We're going to be discussing Nomadland. We have a clip. Let's listen. 
Okay, uh, what we've got is parts and labor, $2,300 okay. in tax. I just looked up the value on your van. With that high a mileage, you're looking about $5,000 at the most. I'd probably recommend um, taking that money and putting it towards a different vehicle. Yeah, so no, well, I can't do that. I can't do that, see, cause, all right. Um, I, uh, I spent a lot of time and money building the inside out, and um, a lot of people don't understand the value of that, but um, it's not something like we can... I live in there. It's my home. All right, so Nomadland is directed by Chloe Zhao, written for the screen by Chloe Zhao. Uh, based on the book by Jessica Bruder. Plot synopsis reads, After losing everything in the Great Recession, a woman embarks on a journey through the American West, living as a van-dwelling modern-day nomad. Film stars France McDormand. That's it. And then a bunch of non-actors. Um, this one's been on our radar for, for months now. Uh, we were talking about it in anticipation of... Best of 2020, but just just didn't get an opportunity to see it. So Travis did briefly give his thoughts on the last episode because he saw it in Limax in yep. uh, in theaters. For, returned to the theaters after a, a long. Well, I mean, you did see Tenet, but besides Tenet, that was that's what that was the first one, right? Besides Tenet, Tenet was a blur. It didn't count. <laughs> uh, so yeah, about first movie in a year. That's at the theater. That's nuts. So. Uh, you kept your uh, your thoughts brief, so this will be the uh, the fleshed out discussion. But uh, a lot of hype behind this one. We were all excited to see it. Um, who wants to go first on Nomadland? Tom, you can go first, or I'll go first if you don't want. Yeah, to Yeah, I first. can go first. Right. Um, uh, thought it was a very beautiful spare film. Um, it didn't have a lot of peaks and valleys. Uh, in terms I mean, of it like... literally did. Yeah. <laughs> 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 kind of did. <laughs> kind of okay. did, bud. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> Narratively. Yes. It's, uh, it's pretty steady. I was expecting more uh, like overtly emotional, heart-wrenching uh, scenes. Um, I, I think... Um, some things I really liked about it were, it, I mean, it was a really realistic portrayal uh, of, you know, an American in this situation and how you can kind of end up there. And I thought it um, it portrayed the people that she encounters and who are living the same type of lifestyle with a lot of dignity, um, you know, without um, without skimping on just i guess the the harsh reality for a lot of people who don't have certain advantages or who don't make uh certain choices about their finances over the course of their life or whatever um <clears throat> francis mcdormand's performance was great um uh i i i think if this movie had just had like a couple of really really standout scenes it would have been uh it would have been better for me but it was a it was a good movie really good movie I'm basically on on the same page as you, Tom. I uh, I I did really enjoy it, but I I do kind of feel like it was 
just missing that like that that one scene or two scenes that are just like really encapsulate like what the film is about and that kind of is there i mean there is a conversation she has towards the end of the movie with uh bob or whatever the fuck his name is that was the closest thing that yeah yeah totally but i don't know there's a part of me that feels like this may have been better served like just as a documentary, you know what I mean? Like no, Francis don't take that angle, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I just I mean it's it's basic it's basically all non actors. There might be one or two besides Francis McDormand who are trained actors, but I mean the movie is basically just her listening to people tell their stories and framing it as a fiction like narrative film. I just I don't really see how that serves the stories. I mean, I Francis McDormand gives a great performance. It's beautifully shot. Like I love the way it looks and I love mm-hmm. the the quietness of it and the the juxtaposition of like these beautiful mountains and these vast fields and then Francis McDormand like crouched over a bucket taking a shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I like oh, that yeah. dichotomy, but I don't know. I mean, I, I really liked it. I just feel like it I was maybe a little underwhelmed. I, I don't know if maybe, I mean, I, I saw her first film, the rider. So like I, I kind of knew what I was getting into, but I don't know. I was pre watching it as like, you know, this would have been number one or number two of last year. And uh, it wouldn't have even made my top 10. I don't think. It's because you didn't see it in LIMAX. That's the half star bump <laughs> that's missing. That's yeah. That's where it went. <laughs> that's you probably it. true. <laughs> probably true. That the uh, the man in the movie, what's his name? David. Yeah, or Dave, whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, he he's an actor. He's in um, Mm -hmm. he's in the Born Identity. He's the CIA guy. Oh, the little bitch, like the guy who's like running the operation to catch David Bourne. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the one who like comes into the office and he's like, I want. You know, find him now. Yeah, really? <laughs> I thought he seemed familiar. Yeah. Wow. Is he the only one? Um, I'm, I'm looking at the cast. The only list. other actor. Yeah, and he's the only one who has a like a picture on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the majority of the rest were all non-actors. Yeah, I don't recognize any of these other people. I didn't in the movie. Oh, uh, that guy's brother was also he's been in a couple movies too this guy's name is tay straytharn i'm assuming he's david's brother because that guy's name is that guy's name is david straytharn and then this guy's name is tay straytharn so there's a couple people with pictures wait i thought it was his son or what i don't know he looks old in his imdb picture movie no, he looks old in <laughs> his picture. Kidding. That's why. <laughs> but like, uh, Travis, I want to hear like your more in-depth thoughts in a moment. But like, why, why even bother having? If you're gonna do that, have Francis McDormand as the lead, and then have everybody else be non. Like, why even bother having a couple actors? Do they feel like they needed some sort of like emotional? depth with like a love interest type thing or like you know what i mean like why why do that i guess i don't really understand what the point is of having almost the entirety of the cast be real people who live this lifestyle and then a couple 
jabronis to like play filler parts you know what i mean like i guess i don't really understand there's one maybe one or two jabronis but any movie with francis mcdormand in it is going to be a better movie Right. I mean, I I get (laughs) she's the only reason this movie got financed, right? Like, I know she is basically the reason this movie got made. So I get her being in it. But who? Why we don't need anyone else in there. Like, I I guess I just don't understand the thought process in having a couple other actors in there. Does that make sense? I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. but I, I was really... just going to say this Bob Wells guy really is a, a van dweller. <laughs> he really is this dude. Like, like he literally is who he is. Like he runs this. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. He literally is an American van dweller, YouTuber and author noted for being an inspiration to thousands of people who embrace a minimalistic and nomadic lifestyle centered on van dwelling. Well, I, that makes sense that he would be in the movie, right? I'm sure he's featured heavily in the book. I would imagine, you know what I mean? So like, that's a, like I like that touch, like having people who actually live this life, having them tell what I'm assuming are their stories. I mean, I don't get the impression that they were made up for the movie, but granted, I haven't done that much background into the like the production itself, you know, so it came across <laughs> as very genuine. And I think that's that's the movie's strength. Maybe having a couple real actors help just blend the fiction a bit more. Yeah, Maybe but was, I, I didn't recognize... too far of a stretch with just one. <laughs> not a, one I didn't actor. recognize any of the other actors, though. I mean, until you pointed out Born Boy, like, I didn't... I He just seemed like a guy, you know? You mean you didn't recognize him for his acting prowess? Well, that, and I didn't recognize that he was someone I had seen before in movies. Well, that's on you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's been too long since I rewatched the Born Identity, I guess. Well, he probably has the most like one-on-one too. scenes with with Francis. They just needed somebody to kind of, you know, help carry those scenes, I guess. Yeah, I I wasn't crazy about the his angle like the I don't know if you want to call it a love a love interest, but I don't know. It's a little bit of a unrequited yeah, that that was the least compelling he, he's, story. For he's me. trying. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing the work. <laughs> um, so Travis, I know you kind of gave your general impressions on the last episode, but um, yep. But now's your chance to be uh, specific as you want to be. What uh, well, what resonated f- so well? I do feel like I'm gonna retread some of my thoughts because I actually did an episode on sets and cinema. Uh, filled in for one of their guys, and we talked about this at length, probably a good hour or so. Um, oh, my God. So you're so recycling you hear, material? Oh, my God. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, if you want to hear my initial thoughts, well, I guess I gave my initial thoughts twice, one on their <laughs> show and one on our last one. <laughs> but here we go again. Uh, yeah, still love this movie. Uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff you guys said. Um, well, the positive stuff, none of the negative. <laughs> Get that out of here. Um, I do think there are some scenes that help bring it home. Um, the one you mentioned with Bob Wells, the the whole see you down the road yeah. speech, that was amazing. Uh, I do love Swanky, the, the character mm-hmm. and the person. Yeah. And I thought her 
story was really engaging and I did like the uh the whole swallow scene at the end when she was kind of rambling on to Francis about it um one scene that really pointed out how invested I was in the movie was uh the plate scene really? I gasped <laughs> for real like, oh my god you fucking nerd <laughs> wow Travis yeah it was it was as if someone just got shot in the face that's how shocking it was to me <laughs> so you can't get invested in people's emotional reactions in a theater production but someone drops some fucking plates and you're like oh my, my heart goes out to them and their plates <laughs> Yeah, uh, dude, it worked. It worked for me. You're a strange one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really hard to know what's going to Emotionally resonate with Travis. You. Yeah. Emotionally, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I did also just love the sense of community that the movie has. And um, I do appreciate movies and just stories of people going against the grain and living their life a little differently. Um because some people kind of criticize the nomad lifestyle, um, while others kind of commend them for what they do. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was a, a beautiful movie, and I love Frances McDormand and her performance in it. Um, there's a few other good scenes as well, like uh, the guy talking about his PTSD, and then... Um, the lady talking about her husband and like their boat in the driveway. I thought all that stuff was just really resonated, just really resonated with me. That stuff was really good. I th I think what kind of wore on me as I kind of approached like the halfway point of the movie was just the repetition of the, the nomad life, like slice of life stuff. I just started, I felt myself losing interest in the like, sitting in the dark van eating a thing of beans and the walking around looking at a pretty sky and mm -hmm. the, you know going to work and working your shitty job to pay the gas money and i i don't know just the repetition of it kind of Sound, wore on me a little bit sounds like she painted a picture it was effective <laughs> i guess i just i don't know i just i started to lose interest and i think I think you just mentioned Travis, like some people criticize the nomad life. Like I think what's most interesting about her situation and like the emotional core of the movie, which really doesn't get revealed until that like conversation with Bob towards the end is that I, at least the way I read it is that she, it felt like she adopted this lifestyle because she was running away from something you know what i mean like that theme of escape from your past and trying to run away from whatever it is whether it's regrets or or racing towards hope something that is going to make your life feel fulfilled like i thought that by the end of it was the most interesting thing but i wanted that sprinkled in a little bit more to maybe make the uh the repetitive like grind of the nomad life a little bit more resonant for me. Does that make sense? Like, I feel like it didn't really hit home for me until that conversation with Bob. And by that point I had already kind of grown tired of the nomad life, like <laughs> the day in and day out aspect of it. 
And I feel like it might have been a, a missed opportunity, at least for me. It's just not that no that nomad lifestyle. Just not for you, Matt. I you just uh, would rather die. <laughs> you know, maybe if Eddie Vedder had done the soundtrack, I would have been gross. Oh my god, Tom! <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's the missing ingredient. Oh my god. Speaking oh, of score, god. I love the music that they used in the movie. Me too. I yeah, I really like the score. Really effective, yeah. Very beautiful. <laughs> I loved it. But like like Tom was saying, it's missing the picking up my friend, <laughs> driving through the mountains. <laughs> you know, the little ukulele. I needed that I'll on the uke. Yeah. <laughs> Eddie Vedder, the poor man's, uh, no, not the poor man's, the f- the white trash man's uh, Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck yeah, dude. Um, so, what else? What else? I don't know. His Eddie Vedder comment just stopped us dead. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all realized that uh, <laughs> that's why it just didn't quite click with me and Tom. Yeah. Um, I, I agree with you, Matt. The slice of life after, you know, after about an hour, I was like, oh, okay. I think maybe, you know, that central narrative, that 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 um, narrative with Dave was just like the least interesting part, maybe. And, um, and it doesn't, well, I mean, spoiler alert, it doesn't really go anywhere. So, uh, Maybe if that had been a little bit more resonant or compelling. Yeah. But know. I think that's more just for like her character and we're not really supposed to care too much about that guy. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I get it, but uh, I don't know. I, more, Bo- more Bob, less, less David. <laughs> yeah, yeah. More Bob, yeah. less David, more swanky. Um, I just, I don't know. I feel like the movie, it didn't really stick the landing. Like I was waiting for this like, emotional catharsis at the end mm-hmm. and it just kind of it felt a little ended. bit fabricated because yeah. they do attempt an emotional catharsis and i was like what where did we how did we achieve this i'm not exactly <laughs> sure how we achieved this how we got from point we a just, to point we B. just skipped straight to <laughs> feeling great about ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and i, I don't want to come across like negative like i just i really really like this movie it was just missing something for me at the end of like you know i reached the end and i was like man like this was so close to being like an amazing amazing movie and i just it didn't get there for me yeah i just don't think that there's supposed to be this huge change for her at the end um like it is supposed to just be this slice of life type of movie Mm -hmm. um and I do think seeing it in the theater helped one just because bigger screen, you know, but um, also just more invested in the movie. Like I didn't have any distractions. And so some of the issues you guys had, I didn't really feel that while watching it. But maybe if I watched that at home for the first time, I would have felt that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I was like I got bored and started watching TikToks in the middle of it. Like <laughs> I was invested, but I get your point. Like there's just something I've I miss the fuck out of it, dude. Like just being fully immersed in nothing but what's in front of you. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, I have had experiences where being there where I'm forced to focus on the movie and I get bored. The boredom really sets in. You know what I mean? Like it can go both ways in a theater <laughs> experience. Because if you're trapped, that's true, in the theater, <laughs> and you're bored, like it can also be a minus. And I, I don't think that would have happened with this movie at all. But um, no way. It can go that's both why ways. I always have candy. You know, just in case you get bored. Yeah, slurp on that Coke. Munch those M and M's. I mean, perfect example. Midsummer. I I wanted to kill myself an hour into that movie, and I realized <laughs> we are not even halfway through this thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you wanted can to go face dive. Uh, I wanted to off fall off that cliff. <laughs> yeah. I just imagined that happening, and then the guy next to me, Matt, just like plowing into some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so poor. Um, and uh, so, Tom, did you see the writer Chloe Zhao's film before this? I did not. So I like that movie a lot. I mean, as far as 2018 horse movies, I was a lean on Pete guy, <laughs> but the writer was pretty good. And I think I think the writer had a better emotional core for me. But it was more boring. I was less invested, but I do think it had a stronger pull. Especially because the main character in The Rider is a non-actor and he's playing his own, portraying his own story. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if it would have been better served not being Frances McDormand. That's a lie. Obviously, having her in this movie is is better because she's the best. But I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I had a hard time connecting feels, with it. That one also feels more non-actory, more documentary. More feel. like cinema verite style of yeah. slice of life cinema. Yeah, yeah. For sure. A little more amateur. Yeah, fucking amateur I think I, hour. Right? I, I think I prefer <laughs> Nomadland. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> um having said that uh i'm so 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 glad we've lost another up-and-coming auteur to the marvel cinematic universe i'm just so stoked we lost another one (laughs) godspeed chloe zhao uh catch me up what's she gonna direct uh the eternals the fuck is that she already directed it don't ask me what that is but yeah it's it's finished but yeah we lost another one. No, she'll come back. Yeah, name name one who came back. <laughs> I guess I guess Taika Taika came back. Jojo mm-hmm. Rabbit was good. Mm-hmm. Jojo was great. <laughs> um, but that's it. So is is the Coog? Is he gone too far? <laughs> I mean, what he hasn't done anything since Black Panther. Well, yeah, he's, he's we doing don't know Black Panther too. <laughs> I, see, he's gone. <laughs> he's got his head in the sand. He's he's gone. Um, so, you know, RIP Chloe Zhao is nice knowing you. Um, but <laughs> I'm we, glad we got these two, uh, great films out of you. I mean, you know, I'm being, I'm being, you know, sarcastic. Our Eternals, I'm excited for that. It's probably going to feel like just another Marvel movie with a little, you know, a little something, something, a little zhuzh. You know <laughs> what I mean? A, yeah. a little zhao. <laughs> a little zhao <laughs> Um, but I don't have much more to say. I don't know if any of uh, either of you have any more thoughts 
on Nomadland before we... I have um... fully exhausted my thoughts on Nomadland. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those movies that I feel like I wish there was more there for me to sink my teeth into. And the moments I loved were exactly that. The moments, like the two to three minute conversations, the impactful scenes. Love that stuff. But then I just found myself losing interest again. And then we would come, you know, the movie would pull me back in with some awesome conversation and then I would get a little bored and I don't know. <laughs> I just wish it, um, I mean, that's not, that's not the movie's fault. Like I, I, people love this movie and I, I really, really like it. I just, uh, I think maybe I put too much, uh, too much hype on this movie. You know, I expected too much of it. That happens sometimes. Yeah. And then there's movies like Tenet where you just talk shit about it all year and then you blow your load and it's the best movie of the year. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Just how it goes sometimes. (laughs) That's the way she goes. That's life. Um, Okay. So star ratings? Star ratings. All right. I'm stealing a joke from the Sudden Cinema episode that I did, but we're giving out two ratings. One for Nomadland and one for Francis's Bush. Oh my god! <laughs> Should have left it on the other podcast, my dude. <laughs> this is the wrong crowd. <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's hear it uh, first. Your uh, rating of No Man Lamb? five out of five, and uh, the Bush six out of five. You're oh <laughs> <laughs> too much, Tom. Let's hear your Nomadland uh, first. Four point five. Four point five. Nice. And your bush. No, don't. Don't even. This bit needs to die. Oh come on. Oh, right. <laughs> um, we Tom's rate red in the face. No, we rate we rate <laughs> dongs on this podcast. We don't rate bush. <laughs> um, I'll keep that in mind for yes. next next dong drop. <laughs> Next time someone hangs brang. Um, <laughs> I also rated it a 4.5, which honestly might be a little generous. I was on the fence between 4 and 4.5, but 4.5, I'm sticking to it. That's Nomadland. Cool. All right. All right. Let's move into what we've been watching. I have not watched a ton. Warzone has been taking up uh, too much of my time, but... I did watch a couple things. Um, I will start with Shook. Either of you guys familiar with this? Negative. No. This is a Shudder original. Um, let me let me read you the plot synopsis because I got an email notification from Shudder like, "Hey, check out this new film. It's a Shudder original." And I read the plot synopsis and I was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds like it could be fun." Um, this is not, I lost the email, but I'm going to read the, the letterbox synopsis. When Mia, a social media star becomes the target of an online terror campaign, she has to solve a series of games to prevent people she cares about from getting murdered. Based on that synopsis alone, are you in or are you out? Out. When you said Shutter original, I was out. <laughs> oh my! They got some good <laughs> shit. Yeah, you don't even subscribe to Shutter. What the fuck are you talking about? There's a reason for it. <laughs> Get out of here. You're not a horror buff like me and Tom, right? Tom, Tom, you were in, right? right? Tom, Tom, you were in. <laughs> no, sounded uh, 
sounded you have gimmicky. to watch movies to be a buff <laughs> fucking right. got him <laughs> um, <laughs> tom tom won't watch a movie unless they talked about it on fresh air <laughs> <laughs> terry gross is not talking about any horror movies tell you. <laughs> oh man oh man if she did though i would love that just like i can Im- <laughs> i can only imagine i watched the invisible man and <gasps> i'm still shaking um okay so anyway i was intrigued by that premise it sounded like it could have been fun i didn't go into it expecting a good movie but i expected a fun movie and i got a piece of shit you got got i got got it was not good um it is so fucking stupid so basically the movie is about this you know it's it's poking fun at social media uh the people who are so invested in their image and they're so vapid and they treat their followers and their fake friends better than their real family kind of thing you know but it's so laughably stupid where the movie goes like there's there's plot twists that occur and one they were like they were so dumb that i was like I feel like the movie might be doing this. I hope to God it's not going there. And then it went there. You know what I mean? Just laughably bad plot twists, really bad acting outside of the main actress. Like she was fine at playing a hot, vapid chick. You know what I mean? Like she was fine at that, but it was not scary. It was not funny. It was just annoying. And I don't recommend it to anyone. Um, so I'm I'm glad I fell on that sword for the listeners to avoid shook at all costs. Um, besides that, I only have like three things to talk about, two of which were rewatches. So I will hand the floor to uh, whoever wants it. <laughs> Nobody, uh, apparently. Yeah, I, I saw <laughs> a couple things. <laughs> Let's hear it, Travis. Uh, I actually saw Chaos Walking last night. In the theater. Woof! I've heard uh, not good things about that one. Uh, it was not great, but um, I wanted to go see a movie yesterday, now that I'm an A-lister again, and this looked like the most intriguing option of the stuff in the theater that I haven't seen. Come on, Doug Lyman, Tom Holland, Daisy Ridley, you gotta give it a poke. Do you? Mads Mikkelsen... <laughs> Oh, Matt Mickelson. All right, I'm back on board. <laughs> Nick Jonas. Come on, huge oh, cast. Jumanji, one and two. Come on. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, it was not very good, though. Do you guys know the premise of it? No. Um, chaos sprouts legs and walks the earth? Essentially, yes. Uh-uh. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got it. No way. Couldn't have said it better. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically... They live in a world where you like y- your thoughts are, you know, just like freely spoken. So you you can't really like hide anything that you're thinking. Who's listening? So that's the everybody. What? Like telepathy? And everyone can hear your thoughts at all times. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Well, you have to still be within like earshot of them. So it's like it's like proximity voice chat in a video game. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel kind of like a video game at times. Yes, if that helps, Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just one of those like dystopian, weird sci-fi type premises. Um, the movie itself is not very good, though. Uh, that whole gimmick is kind of silly at times and it's it's obviously used throughout the whole movie so it just kind of grows tired after a while um and they i feel like that's what like the the most entertaining part of the movie was was people just like the jokes that were created based off that whole gimmick like tom holland saying something like like he wants to kiss Daisy Ridley and her being able to hear it and it, I wanna kiss <laughs> you all over. It wasn't very funny, but the the theater was getting a kick out of it. Oh yeah? Like oh, uh yeah. like hate hate watching the movie together, kinda? No no no. They were they were enjoying the movie. Oh, I thought you meant like <laughs> laughing at it. Oh, because it was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it was bad and everyone was like enjoying how stupid it was. That but no, no, no people were loving it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. The world just didn't really seem that fleshed out. Uh I know this movie had some production problems, so maybe that's a reason for it. Um the chemistry wasn't really that great between Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. They're trying to create some little love interest uh relationship and that just didn't really work either it was also yeah it was just kind of silly i don't know it was uh like a middle of the road young adult like type story and um just uh didn't really hit the mark speaking of silly i'm looking at daisy ridley's like orange pants suspender get up you into that this, no this looks fucking <laughs> stupid who came up with this oh i can see tom holland's pants are similarly stupidly designed i will oh say God. the costumes are a little ridiculous in this i can Mads see mickelson's <laughs> get up is is pretty good though is he funny? i don't understand is this supposed to be like earth what it sounds Did like something it's happen plan. or is it no, it's a different planet. I'm pretty sure. And why are we there? In Prentice Town. <laughs> I, I forget what happened to Earth. Oh, I don't know. This looks so lame. <laughs> Even just the uh the like the poster for it. Yeah. You know, give poster. me major Jupiter ascending or whatever the hell that movie's called. What's that movie? Well, yeah, are you talking Jupiter. about Jupiter Ascending or Cloud Atlas? I mean, they're both. Is it actually called Jupiter Ascending? That mm-hmm. is a movie, yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Oh, I've never actually seen uh, it. Just look it's... at the poster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're in the same like family of movies. I would say hmm. bad, they're, expensive, they're pretty sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh. not very good. Uh, would not recommend catching up with it anytime soon. Doug Lyman, though. Born Identity. Edge of Tomorrow. Wow. What a guy. 
His last movie wasn't <laughs> that good though. The uh, the wall, I think it was called. Oh, Did with John John Cena. That's John Cena, he, right? John Cena and uh, he was uh, there, right? Adam Johnson, Aaron Johnson, right? Oh wait, he, he also did that lockdown movie. Wow, he had two movies come out like a month apart. What's lockdown? Mike Lyman's killing twenty twenty one. That Anne Hathaway, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor Zoom movie on HBO. What? It's like a jewelry heist it sounds stupid <laughs> the premise <laughs> <laughs> i don't know where these guy this guy gets his scripts from but oh dude uh doug lyman's doing the splinter cell movie with tom hardy as sam fisher sick that's gonna be huge sounds legit it's gonna be huge. The Splinter Cell movie in 2021. <laughs> yeah, missed dude. the boat there. There's also an untitled <laughs> Tom Cruise NASA project. Nice. With Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman. I want this guy's life. <laughs> um, cool. Um, so that was Chaos Walking. Glad you uh, you did not enjoy it. Just to be clear, right? Or you did? Did not. Okay. <laughs> I see Paris gave it a 3.5. I wonder, did she reactivate her A-list? We'll have to ask her. Unless she like... Yeah. Is it streaming? Like, Actually, I don't, I don't think it I is streaming. I don't A-list off. <laughs> it was should, it should have turned it off for, for you. Months. Okay. No. <laughs> yeah, they turned mine off. I, I canceled it because AMC is not... Uh, Regal's more of a thing out here. I mean, not that but I'm they, going to the theater. But they might reactivate you I think they might have reactivated it. Yeah, I have to go into my Gmail and see if they sent me something like, you know, five months ago when you're allowed to have one person in the theater at the time. Yeah. You guys remember MoviePass? Oh, yeah. Those are great times. And it's heyday, like the when it was when it was good, when it was good. (laughs) Just to be clear, (laughs) that's that's this this podcast uh, started right around the time that uh, MoviePass was uh, was good. And then almost overnight, it just wasn't anymore. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. I may choose to reactivate a list at any time that's right for me between now and July 1, 2021. Oh, like that's they cool. They keep changing the date of when they're going to reactivate mm-hmm. it for you. <laughs> at least they're doing that, though. And they're not yeah. just like, you know, they are at pulling least pushing a, the date back. Pulling a movie pass and <laughs> trying to charge you for shit you don't want. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Cool. Um, I rewatched last night um, Carrie, the Brian De Palma classic, mm-hmm. um, and still pretty good. I, I really like Carrie. Um, there are some moments that are pretty corny. Um, I don't know how recently you guys have seen Carrie, but there's one scene in particular that has just the silliest music I've ever heard in my life. Uh, there's a couple silly music choices, but the one in particular is when the girls get PE detention and it's like a three to four minute montage of the girls like doing jumping jacks and sit ups and running. And there's just the silliest like I don't marching band ass music that's playing in the background. <laughs> like tonally, there were a couple of weird music choices throughout the movie that I was mm. like, this is, oh, this is weird. Um, Sissy Spacek is so good in that movie though. 
Like, it's almost distracting how good she is compared to everybody else in that movie. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, as Carrie, in case people aren't familiar. Um, she was great. The prom sequence kind of dragged on a little longer than I remember. That was like a 20-minute scene. Um, and there's more after the pig blood prom sequence than I remembered, but um, still a solid movie. Still uh, one of uh, De Palma's best. I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tom, sorry I came back to me before <laughs> I let you talk. What, uh, uh, what have you been watching? Anything uh, interesting? Uh, mostly TV. So Sarah and I watched all of The Flight Attendant on HBO Max. I've heard it's pretty good, or at least I fun. I would say it's mediocre. It's less okay. fun than it should be. It needs to either be really thrilling or really fun, and it sort of tries to do both. Um, and uh, I was pretty done with it by the time it finally ended. But, you know, we did binge it. We watched it in like two days. So um, for what it's worth, it's it's definitely consumable. Um. I also uh, watched um, all of Demon Slayer season one, <laughs> which is what on is Netflix. That? Is that one of those anime shows? Some anime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fun. It's got a lot of uh, good, you know, monsters, demons, lots of good powers, you know, typical anime. But like, I can't get into anime that's just like, uh, you know, high schoolers and drama or whatever. You know, there's a lot of anime out there that people love that's just like a high school TV show, basically. Um, yeah, that's a common <laughs> a common trope. Yeah, but I like I do like the monsters and the powers and stuff. That one is is really good. I've seen a decent amount of anime now, and uh, that's I'd put that one up there if anybody wanted to check it out. Um, I also have been watching. Sarah and I have been slowly making our way through. Pretend it's a city which is that Netflix show. Uh, th- wait, I talked about this last time, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, the Fran Lebowitz. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martin okay. Scorsese, hanging out, chatting. Yeah. How long is that? that? You haven't, have you just been like chipping away at it? Is that why? You're just you... chipping away, yeah. yeah. I, we're probably pretty close to done. Probably have like two, two episodes left. Oh, um, okay. It's still hilarious, though. <clears throat> and um, the other thing I watched just a few episodes of was RuPaul's Drag Race. Have you guys ever seen that show? I've seen no. a couple episodes of it, yeah. Uh, Tom's hooked. Good. No, I'm not hooked, but I can see how one would become hooked, just like you would become hooked with any other competition TV show. Um, Sarah and her friend Hannah are obsessed with this show. Uh, they have more fun watching it than anyone has ever had um, <laughs> watching anything. Uh, so, like, I mean, if that's... <laughs> worth a, if you know take that for what it's worth in terms of recommendation um but i did see what felt like a historic moment uh so travis you've never seen it right no so at the end there's always a there's always two people who are up for elimination and they have to lip sync for their lives so they both go into a lip sync and it's your last opportunity to um uh, you know, to win the judges over and convince them that you're the one they should keep for another week. And uh, occasionally, very rarely, both people will put on such a, an astounding performance that they both get to stay another week. And then the next week, obviously, two people have to go home. 
so I witnessed one of those, and I got to say, I was like thoroughly impressed with uh, with the performances. And one of these, uh, one of the drag queens is a ballet dancer, and she just came out and like put on the most incredible like runway performance that episode too. So had some serious highs. I, I was um, I was impressed with uh, with some of the talent on display what were the song choices i gotta know oh gosh the so i i think there was like a donna summer song i didn't actually recognize the one that they did uh um they there was a demi lovato song i know but um yeah the one that i was just talking about where they both had an amazing performance i don't remember what the song was uh so it wasn't like fucking ariana grande or like you know no, Kanye I mean they do or something. It was like <laughs> they definitely do some, you know, some uh, contemporary stuff, but uh, they mix in some like ballads from the '80s and stuff too. Nice, cool. Speaking of uh, reality TV, have I ever talked about the challenge on this show? Gosh, it sounds familiar. Mm, I can't remember if someone was just talking about it like to me recently or if, if you brought it up um the challenge is the best i've been watching it since i was in like middle school it's uh it's one of the first things Haley and i bonded over so the challenge it's an mtv reality competition show featuring it used to just be um like x the real world contestants uh, and they've opened it up to be like other MTV shows. And now there's like uh, the season that's on right now. There's a guy who was on Ultimate Beastmaster. There was a chick who was on Love Island. It's just like they pull from reality television shows and it's like a super intense political, uh, physical competition show. And it is so good. I recommend it to anybody. It's just the best. So- you guys said, or you said that you bonded over it. Was this like first date material? It just got brought up organically, and yeah, you, I don't. You I mean, she was the one after that. After that, whenever that was the <laughs> moment. <laughs> I don't That's actually it. recall. The chicks for real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was pretty early on. Um, but there's a season on right now. Like they actually filmed it during COVID. They they uh, filmed in Iceland, just like out in the middle of fucking nowhere. So, you know. No one can get sick because they're just in the middle of nowhere in the freezing cold. Um, well, they might get sick, though. but not not from COVID. Maybe hypothermia, but <laughs> <laughs> not COVID. <laughs> um, so that's uh, the reality TV I've been watching. Love that show. Recommend it to anybody. And uh, real quick, um, and then we'll come back to you, Travis. Um, fuck. Oh, yes, I remember now. Uh, Parenthood. Have either of you watched that show? No. Uh, I watched I it so. back when it was on the air, and it was like an NBC, you know, family comedy drama show, loosely based on and inspired by that Steve Martin film from the eighties. Um, but mm-hmm. I knew Haley would like it, so we've been rewatching it and absolutely loving it. It is so good. I cry almost every episode. It's just one of those like feel good like kind of melodramatic but not too dramatic to the point where it like skews beyond realism you know what i mean like it's relatable enough 
and the family is just so tight knit that it's just like the most feel good like you wish it was your family type of show. Mm. Um, absolutely loving it. It's a very good show to watch with a partner because um, it's just uh, it's funny. You fall in love with the characters. It's good shit. That's most of my watching has been Parenthood. Huge. I haven't seen a ton of movies. So. Oh, Peter Krause is in it? Honestly, Peter Krause might be the greatest television actor <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Besides, like, fucking, I don't know, Ted Danson? Like, <laughs> Six Feet Under and Parenthood? I think he could not be playing more different characters in these two shows. He, he is the goat he's so good <laughs> now he's in that shitty 911 show on fox i, I don't know how oh, shitty yeah. it is it seems stupid but i don't know <laughs> <laughs> guy's great peter kraus what a dude huge travis what else you got all right uh i got a couple things since you guys are on this tv kick i'll uh say that I've been watching Love on Netflix. Mm. Um, finally catching up with it after all these years. Haley loves that show. She's seen it like three times. I have almost finished season one. It was, uh, I watched the majority of season one on my road trip on the way home. Um, but yeah. You just road I'm tripped a, it? Oh, I thought you flew. Yep. I didn't realize you road tripped it. No. Well, we didn't have to drive, so that was nice. But yeah. Oh. <laughs> Chelsea's dad drove. Uh, but yeah, we did road trip, and uh, I watched this show on that trip, and I like this show a lot. Uh, yeah. It's uh, pretty funny. It's very easy to watch. It's uh, like 30-minute episodes, so you know, you're know you in and out. And um, yeah, I just like the characters and the humor. I really like... Uh, Paul Russ character and it seems like they've gone away from it some in the last half of the season but the first half of the season there was a lot of like jokes around him being kind of a nerd and like a like a movie nerd specifically and so there's like a scene where he's basically like contemplating life and he's like throwing his blu-rays out the window <laughs> saying he doesn't need them anymore <laughs> and, and that really resonated with you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has some like deep pull type uh f- film jokes that were pretty funny to me yeah um but yeah good stuff um can't wait to watch the the rest of it yeah that's a great show and uh, for movies, the only two things I have that I'll talk about quickly are I watched Wild at Heart, David Lynch, Nicolas Cage, Laura Dern. It's basically David Lynch's natural born killers slash like true romance. Uh, it feels more like natural born killers, um, but it's just kind of following that like kind of kind of like Bonnie and Clyde type story. Yeah, couple um, on the run. Yep. And uh it was good. It's uh pretty goofy. Like they're definitely he's definitely going for humor in this one. Um Willem Defoe's pretty awesome in it. Uh Matt, have you you haven't seen this, have you? No, I haven't seen Wild at Heart and I have not seen The Elephant Man and Inland Empire, I think is the other one I haven't seen of of Lynch's. Mm. Yeah, I think you would dig this one. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, it was good. It's uh, kind of what you would expect from like a crazy 90s David Lynch movie. And uh, oh, real quick before you move on, where did you watch that? Is it streaming anywhere? Because I've been wanting to watch it. Uh, I bought the Blu-ray a while back. Fuck. Yeah. All right. <laughs> did it come with a digital code? Can you put it on your Voodoo? It did not. It's Fuck. a shout, shout release, and they don't usually do digital oh, codes. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I rewatched The Wrestler. It had been quite a long time since I had rewatched it, so mm. mm-hmm. had to get back in there. Still great. Maybe not as great as I remember it back in 2008, um, but I've probably seen, you know, 1,500 movies since then, so some movies probably won't have the same impact nowadays. I just feel like it's a little heavy-handed at times, where back in the day I just thought it was, like, so deep and profound. (laughs) Can you give an example? Like, what are you you referring to? Uh, Well, one example would just be, like, uh, and it is a good scene, so I'm not trying to like hate on the movie, but it's just a little on the nose where he's like at that signing with all the other like you know old wrestlers or who are past like the their washed prime. up, yeah, yeah, and it just like does like close up shots that like linger on like a guy's cane or like you know like how there's not really any fans there to get autographs and stuff, and it was just, like stuff like that. It's just like a little too on the nose. You think so? It's just kind of heavy-handed in a way. Like, yeah, we get it. I don't know. Just the way they, like, he lingers on some shots. Yeah, like, I'm, I guess. You could you could have gotten the same effect without lingering on it. So it's too, indul- too indulgent. Like, you didn't need... You could have done with four seconds of Kane and not eight seconds of Kane. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's fair. Um, And I, I don't know. Like, some of the... Like the stuff with his daughter, um, it's it's effective. But I don't know. I've seen this movie like I, I saw it quite a few times back in the day. So maybe that's the problem with it. Is I've just seen it too many times. Um, but I still really like it. Like I think Mickey Rourke's awesome in it. I love the whole wrestling aspect of it, and um, I I think he's very believable as that like aging wrestler. Um, I I do like the style of it, even though it does feel a little dated now. Um, but I still think it works for the movie, um, just like the documentary style, mm-hmm. where everything's like kind of handheld or shot from behind. And um, yeah, still love the ending, even oh, though it's so good. It's it is kind of reminiscent of the Black Swan ending. <laughs> well, so put that blame on Black Swan. Don't put it on the wrestler. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, it's just weird that. He did that ending for like back to back movies. So you know, good. And director. and he made the right choice of getting the rich man's Eddie Vedder, Bruce Springsteen, to do the closing <laughs> credit song for the wrestler. <laughs> good shit. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah still great a great film. movie. Oh yeah. Yep. The best. Well, Aronofsky's second best, but still one of the greatest of all time. um i have two things uh i watched a documentary called uh jasper mall which you also apparently watched travis oh yeah at some point um 
I liked it. I liked the first half more than the second half. It's um, basically a documentary about uh, a dying mall in Alabama. So it follows like the groundskeeper slash security guard guy. And we just see like what his life is like. And it's just a neat little time capsule, especially because, you know, we were probably the last generation that like really grew up with the mall being like a big part of young adult life and just like you know we used to go shopping when you needed to go shopping you went to the mall you know what i mean or just Uh, yeah kids hanging out at the mall but nowadays it's all online (laughs) right so i mean you you went there to shop but it was also like a place where people would hang out and it was you know kind of sad i thought it was interesting but it kind of I don't know. I started to lose interest because I kind of got the point halfway through the film and some of the like characters or uh, participants, I should say, that they follow in the second half. I just was not that interested in. But, you know, hearing the like economic impact on some of these store owners and just like seeing people reminisce about mall life. Like, I don't know. I thought it was pretty interesting. It was, it was OK. I, it's worth a watch, but didn't love it. Um Anything you want to say about Jasper Mall? I don't think you talked about it on the show. Um, Yeah, I would pretty much agree with what you said. It's somewhat of a universal story, even though when it first started and they were like trying to get some production value out of just like shooting the uh, like the sign of the uh, florist place. I'm just like, give me a break. What are we doing here? (laughs) Just we're just anything can be a documentary subject now. I don't know. It just tr- it was trying to feel a little too important for just like this small town mall type story. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does get into like the economic issues, and like I said, it is somewhat universal. So I did warm up to it eventually, but at the start, I was just like, "Yeah, give me a break." <laughs> I can, yeah, I totally get that reaction, but I guess I I was kind of approaching it from like a nostalgia point of view you know like i was watching it and i was like this is a it bummed me out you know like the beginning of the movie i was like this sucks like i remember what the mall was like when i used to go to the mall i haven't been in a mall in forever you know so i think i kind of had the opposite reaction of you whereas you were like who cares like (laughs) is this just a mall i was like it was sad like i don't know like the immediate like the first five minutes i like felt sad watching it and maybe that that's why i like the first half and you kind of because i remember well, you like the second half more than the first half right because i had the opposite reaction it's not that i like the second half more than the first half i just was kind of annoyed at the beginning of the movie it took a while to was, like get invested or at yeah. least interested <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh well maybe i wasn't as affected by this because I've lived this. Matt, you ever been to the uh, Factoria Mall? It's a fucking ghost town. <laughs> Not the <laughs> it's mall itself. De- it's super depressing when you walk in there. <laughs> uh, we went to the we saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at that at that Regal. That's the only uh, time yeah. I've ever been to that area. I mean, the food court's open there and then there's some other stores that are connected to the actual mall, but the mall part of it is in a sad state. It's literally like just one big hallway for people to walk through. <laughs> ouch yeah um the only other thing uh last night 
or no, Friday night, uh, Haley and I watched Wayne's World, and she suggested it. So mm-hmm. I was like, you don't have to ask me twice. <laughs> I'll watch <laughs> Wayne's World. Um, don't have much to say. I've talked about it on the show before. It's the greatest comedy of all time. Um, I love it. If we do a top 100 episode uh, later in the year, it will be very high on the list. Love <laughs> Wayne's World. That's it. <laughs> Party on. Uh, Tom, anything else? No, nothing else for me. Mm-hmm. Travis, was that it for you? That was it for me. Short and sweet. We haven't had one of these in a while. We even fucking rambled for like the first 15 minutes. Like we had a longer than normal intro. That was still good content. kept it short and sweet. That was great content. The listeners are going to love it. This is, this is going to be a big one. Um, <laughs> um, what's next? I did not do my research before we recorded. So I don't. Oh, obviously. Justice League director's cut. Are you in? I'm in. Dom? Um, so far out. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, plan on hate watching it because I, I, I hate I hate watch the regular cut. All six parts. And they're <laughs> they're making such a bit or not. They the fanboys and then Zack Snyder are making such a big deal out of this. He added dark side back in dark side. So cool. You can't wait to see what happens with dark side. You got evil Superman. Dark side Side is actually a super rad villain. He, so dark side is the Thanos of DC. Okay. Dark side is rad. Um, but this is Zack Snyder. We're talking about. So this movie is bound to be, but, but, Going to watch it anyway. <laughs> wow, he even looks like Thanos. Right? Well, Thanos looks like Dark Side. Let's get our facts okay. straight. Okay. All right. Sorry. <laughs> um, Tom, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. I mean, what's, um, what's dropping soon? Minari is still $20 to rent. Mm. So, fuck that. It is uh, $5 in Shoreline at the, the Crest Cinema. Mm, the crest i haven't been there in years <laughs> okay well that i'm sure tempting. i am in orlando florida so <laughs> i uh, <laughs> i don't have the same uh options as you guys um so well to be determined i suppose um we'll uh we'll see because i'm pretty sure that justice league piece of shit would come out theoretically on the weekend we record next but so I'm assuming that's the next big HBO theater release, Warner Brothers, you know, 2021 yeah, that's deal. The, that's the big March one. Uh, February, okay. it was Tom and Jerry. Um, <laughs> March, it's... Uh, oh, and Judas and the Black Messiah. But uh, we got Tom and Jerry. Now it's time for uh, Justice League. Uh, Kong versus Godzilla has to be soon, right? That's May, I think. I believe. Um, could be April. Not sure. So there's that. Um, there's that Rhea and the Last Dragon movie that came out, but also not paying twenty dollars for that Disney piece of shit. Thirty. Thirty. They're doing the Mulan <laughs> thing again. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> They're just gonna put it on Disney Plus in two months anyway. Like, what? What yeah. sucker pays that? Ugh, I don't know. People pay it. Disney got, keeps getting away with murder. I don't understand <laughs> it's because they turn on fucking disney plus and the kids see it and they're like 
pay the money. <laughs> hey, that's going to be like Vinny that. soon. Yeah, we're watching um, Sesame Street. It's already been like, you know, an episode per weekend for the last few weekends. So I think we're we're in it now. Well, there could be worse shows. I mean, my I don't nephew. Mind Sesame Street. It's kind of fun. Sesame Street's good. My nephew, his first big show he was into was Maya the Bee, which is insufferable. Maya the Bee. So. <laughs> good to know. Yeah, I won't. I won't try that one out. Um, Storybots. He might be. He might like. Story, he's maybe getting old enough. My my nephew liked Storybots. That's a Netflix. Uh, that's fun for all ages. Storybots. Uh, Snoop Dogg is in it. Um, okay. Well, he's in one episode. Snoop Dogg is in an episode. You know, there's like celebrity cameos. Um, some of the story bots are voiced by relatively famous voice actors. Mm-hmm. I can't recall their names, but um, anyway, that's the next. That's the next spinoff. We're gonna do a children's television uh, <laughs> spinoff podcast. <laughs> we'll get you and Andrew can co-host uh, co-host that spinoff show. That'll be our Patreon. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Patreon exclusive. <laughs> Us reviewing the, the the HBO Max seasons of of uh, Sesame Street. Oh man, the dad cast. It's gonna be huge. <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway, to be determined what we're gonna review, but we'll have to peruse the listings, see what's dropping soon. But we will be back. Thank you everybody for listening. It's been a fun one. Make sure you subscribe to the feed. So you can uh, see all the latest and greatest in the Cinef- Jesus, the Cinephiles Digest family of podcasts. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Peace out. Later. Later.